This is No BS, a series of authentic conversations about the world of work. My name is Dr. Carlin Borosenko. I'm an organizational psychologist, and I work with individuals and organizations all over the world to help them create amazing work experiences. And I'll be honest, in the work I do, I run across my fair share of nonsense. In this series, we are going to call BS on the things that are just completely unnecessary in the workplace and explore how we can do them better. Ready to go? Let's get started. Today's conversation is all about when you're working with someone who is an amazing friend outside of the office, but once they get to work, they become a completely different person. All right. So I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. Now, this is like the very first recording I've done for No BS. So I'm going to send you like a little star or badge or something. I don't know. You have the position of honor of being the first interview ever. That's really cool, huh? That's awesome. I'm jazzed. <laughs> and I'm really so excited about the topic that you sent in. Now, um, before we dig into it, uh, I just want to hear a little bit about you, what you kind of do and, and where, what point of view you're coming from. Yeah, um, so I work in marketing, currently at a startup out of Toronto, um, but I've been in marketing for a little over eight years. I've been a boss, I've had a lot of different bosses, and I've worked um, in New Zealand and Australia and Boston and now Canada. Um, so a wide range of experiences in marketing. That's, that's really cool. And the topic that you wanted to discuss today is they're great outside of the office, but working with them sucks. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's a pretty common problem in the workplace. Ab- absolutely. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to send in this topic specifically. Yeah, well, I'm pretty passionate about um, workplace culture and um, creating better bosses, I guess. Um, sort of what we really need to change to make people productive and happy in the workplace, because let's face it, we spend the majority of our time there. Um, And so this kind of struck a chord with me and I was like, I absolutely have something to say on this. And I'm picking sort of the least of the problems that you face in the workplace, something that I'm sure everyone can relate to um, and that you've already, everyone's probably faced at one point or another in their career. Oh my God. It's so true. It's so true. I can think of so many instances where this has come up and, and maybe we'll, we'll discuss some of those other problems that, that we'll wait into them on future episodes. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Was there an incident that allowed that, uh, that this was particularly pronounced to you? Yeah, I have one in mind specifically. And this was with a, a female coworker who was also uh, in charge of leading a team. And I remember meeting this person and thinking, wow, we're going to be best friends, uh, both in the workplace and outside of the workplace. And throughout the course of working together, there was just this complete divide between who the person was out at brunch and dinners and in social environments, as opposed to in the workplace where she was a bit more, almost a bully, uh, very unapproachable and anyone from her team would approach her and it would be immediately um, conversation shut down. You were almost afraid to have a conversation with her because she'd always have a negative reaction. Um, whereas if you had a, you know, dinner with her outside of work, it was all laughter and openness and fun. And it was just really hard over time to, to work together. And I think it ultimately uh, resulted in the demise or sort of teetering off of our relationship outside of work. 
Was it one of those things where, uh, where there was a defining moment where you said she is just really kind of insane at work, even though she's really sane out of work? Was there any defining moment like that? No, I think it was gradual over time. Um, I was new to the company at the time. Um, and so as I got to, we sort of hit it off from a social perspective. And then as we got to more meetings together uh, and spending a bit more time with the people that were uh, on her team, that's when I really started to notice it. And just the way um, she would speak to people in meetings and be like, oh, I'm not, not really okay with that. Um, and then you, or I sort of settled on the idea that, okay, well, we don't have to be work friends. We can just be outside of work friends, but I think they just bleed way too much into each other, uh, that it's hard to maintain one, uh, and not the other. Did you ever try to talk to her about it? Unfortunately not. And that's what I probably should have done, but, uh, no, I ended up leaving the company, um, sort of not shortly after, but. Uh, just leaving and it didn't really feel like an issue anymore. Okay, okay. How did that affect your working relationship with her when you started to to notice these things that they just seemed a little bit off to you? What did that feel like to, to be witnessing that? Yeah, it felt a bit uncomfortable. I encouraged um, her reports to, to bring it up because they would come to me and say, like, I don't feel really comfortable or I feel like I'm just shut down. And there was one instance in particular where um, we had a lot of backwards processes at this company. And um, one of the reports was sort of challenging, why do we do things this way? Um, and her answer was just, you know, it is the way it is and we have to deal with it, which is kind of just shutting down the conversation, not open to new ideas or, or ways to make things better. And I think what I really chalked up her behavior too was her being unhappy in her role. And that just sort of trickled out to anyone that she interacted with. But my solution at the time, I guess, was just to encourage people to, to tell them when she's, you know, being rude or not being open and be kind of blunt with that feedback, even though a bit of a hypocrite, I wasn't doing that myself. <laughs> well, I think it's actually, it's really important to acknowledge that though, because I think that a lot of times when these problems come up in organizations, whether it's someone going to HR or even just a trusted friend, the advice is always that, you know, go talk to the person, go share what's going on. But that's not an easy thing to do, is it? No, absolutely not. And I don't even know that it would have gotten to an HR issue is more of just like a, a personality and an attitude. So potentially, um, but what she probably needed was just someone to ask, you know, why are you acting that way? Or what's bothering you that you feel like you're uh, closed off to other people and just treat them in a not so great way. That's, that's really interesting insight. So it sounds like you think that she might've just needed a little bit more compassion from people or maybe maybe a little bit more empathy for someone to say is there is there something going on yeah and maybe that would have opened her up and in turn make her more open to other people mm -hmm. did this organization did they have programs around employee wellness or things like that not at that time unfortunately um they did they tried uh but they really didn't have a driving person to make any of the initiative sticks Okay. Okay. Do you think that would have helped? For sure. Uh, and since I've left, I've seen that they have done things in that space. And so I'm really excited. And hopefully that's making everything 10 times better. Oh, I mean, we, we hope so. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's also really interesting that, you know, her subordinates were kind of 
it sounds like they were coming to you and complaining. Did that feel like an awkward situation for you? Yeah, it was really awkward because it's almost like talking behind your friend's back, right? And when you have a, a work and a social relationship, it's hard to, to split the two. And it feels like you're encouraging people to talk behind your friend's back rather than your colleague and being transparent with you about an issue that they're facing. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was a bit challenging and I think I wasn't the only person they were going to, um, but because I was a, a peer of this person, perhaps they thought that I could be effective in some way, uh, but my solution was to sort of save the social relationship by not approaching it at work and encouraging them to, to bring that feedback directly to their manager. Did you get any blowback from that? Uh, not that I know of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I asked because I can almost imagine a circumstance where if people are coming to you because they feel like, you know, you're someone that could be on their side or you're, you're like a really approachable person and then you don't help them out in the way that they want you to, I could almost imagine that, that that might blow back on you. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm sure there weren't super happy conversations happening maybe behind my back. Um, but this is maybe like five, six years ago in hindsight is 2020. And I'm like, wow, I really should have acted on that. Um, if they were that comfortable sharing that with me. So you've worked in all sorts of different kinds of companies and cultures. It sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few. Is this something that you've seen, like a phenomenon that you've seen across all the different organizations you've been with? Absolutely. Uh, and I think I'm a bit more open about it now, um, looking back at what's happened in the past. Uh, but I do think it's sort of unavoidable. Uh, people do tend to change a little bit in the workplace, and it's different socially than it is uh, when you're in a meeting. Uh, people have a different sort of persona or an attitude. Um, yeah, so I think it's just a part of the modern workplace. You're not going to get along with everyone at work or outside of work, but when you're trying to get along in both places, people's personalities are always just a bit different. So th this almost kind of reminds me of an, an idea I hear brought up a lot, which is, you know, when we're at work, we have to be professional and, you know, we can't be ourselves at work. And, and this, this idea of, of what it means to be a professional and the things you can do if you're a professional and things you can't do if you're a professional. And, you know, in, and I, I would love to get your thoughts on this, but I, in conversations that I've had, particularly with younger professionals, say like, you know, 30 and under, they get so wrapped around this idea of I'm a professional now that they almost forget to be a human yeah. when they're in the work environment. And maybe they learn how to do that later when they start to just relax a little bit. What do you think? No, I totally agree. Uh, I think it depends on the workplace too and whether or not they foster like the individuality or, you know, here's how we do things. Here's what we expect and here's what you should wear. And I worked at a company actually that still had uniforms, like a business. Oh, wow. Yeah, and since I've left, they've changed that, but it's just, um, when I think things like that are mandated, it changes the culture. Um, it kind of de, um, I don't know, de-stresses bringing your individual self into the workplace and like confirming, conforming to what the company wants you to be. Um, so not to say every business is a lit, little bit different, but, I think it's challenging to bring, I don't know, yourself truly into the workplace. Um, and the only way to sort of get past that is for the company to be open to it. 
Oh, totally, totally. I, I almost, you know, I'm thinking about my own career now and I, I, you know, especially with the uniform issue. Oh my God, that's like a BS. That's like a whole other BS story right there. Don't <laughs> make your people wear uniforms. That's create unless like there, there are some circumstances. Okay. But you know what I mean? Yeah. But I almost think about my own career where I kind of started out and I had this full closet of like really professional clothes and suits and getting dressed up for work every day was a very big idea. And I was always kind of like minding my P's and Q's. And then the older I got, you know, suddenly I had this job where, um, where I could wear jeans to the office and Ooh, wasn't, wasn't that nice. So I started to dress down a little bit. And the next one I was like wearing jeans and sneakers and started to dress down a little bit more. And, you know, I was able, and, and the more I found I dressed down, the more, kind of uh open I was with with my personality and and started kind of letting some of that guard down and I wonder if you know I wonder if if the the culture the formality of the culture would 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 be an indicator about whether or not people could bring their full self to work what do you think yeah I agree I think in this particular company um it's funny because in all other ways of culture and community they were really spot on and fantastic, but it was just sort of this old legacy idea that kind of stuck with the company up until I think the last couple of years. Um, so for them in, in particular, I think they made made up for it in other ways. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think there's like a formality in the workplace sometimes that sort of um, encourages you not to maybe be as much of yourself as you could be. Uh, but I also think on the flip side of that, for me, um, similar situation where over the years, my wardrobe has been progressively declining from like full suits to jeans and a t-shirt. And it's been wonderful. But I think for me, sometimes like wearing uh, something different makes me feel a whole nother level of confidence. So it's almost like a, like a treat. Um, or I'm like, yeah, I'm going to crush this day. So today I'm going to wear a button up. Um, and that's like... But I have that freedom, which is the difference, I guess, um, to express myself in whatever way I want um, at the company that I'm currently at, but not necessarily in the past. I think that's a really good point where sometimes when you are in a more casual environment, sometimes dressing up can just, it makes you bring that little extra something, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like you have a lunch coming up, you're going to bust out that button up, maybe swap the jeans for slacks. It's, yeah. Maybe get a jacket. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I, I, I do wonder, and I don't not even thought about it until this conversation. I wonder if there's a correlation between the type of business attire required in organizations and the, the level of relationships that people are able to build, because it's almost like, you know, I, I kind of think about it as, um, you know, do you remember the movie Never Been Kissed? Yes. You ever oh my God. Right. Isn't it the best? <laughs> But there's this great scene where the teacher's talking about how, um, you know, when he put on his Gordie Howe helmet that he got from his dad, he was just like found this superhuman, you know, hockey player. Whereas if he didn't have that helmet on, he was just little old him. And I wonder if, you know, our, our clothes and how we're presenting ourselves um, is, is sometimes used as a mask to, to avoid us being who we really are and expressing maybe that sometimes a, a little bit more vulnerability. Yeah. I agree. And I think it's something that's sort of being phased out maybe for that purpose. I don't know. Um, but like less and less you see like companies that enforce um, Monday to Thursday is formal and then Friday is casual. Like really the only sector I think that's 
still doing that would be maybe finance. Um, so I think it totally. is being phased out um, a bit. Like most of my friends would not be wearing a suit to work. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give to people that um, about kind of uh, showing up and, and not being afraid to be who you are outside of work? Hmm. Um, I may have just planted that, that answer a little bit because that was a very leading question, but you know what I'm saying. Good question. So what, um, what advice to bring your true self into the workplace? Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a great question. Uh, I guess I'd probably say, um, like, it's hard, harder to do than it is to say, but just be, be open, be transparent, and, like, share a little bit of yourself in the hopes that you'll get a little bit of someone else in return. Um, so if someone else is sharing something about, you know, their life outside of work, like, return that favor and vice versa. Um, so just be a bit more open about who you are outside of the workplace in the hopes that that could be brought into your day to day. And, and what might you say to people who are like, you know, work is work and we have to keep it business and I don't want to share what's going on outside of work. What, what, what might you say to them? Uh, um, well, I would say, well, okay, if that's the case, um, then you're spending, you know, 40 hours of your week at least, um, just doing work, work. Wouldn't you rather be doing fun work? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Wouldn't you rather be doing fun work rather than work, work? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'd say. Cool. Cool. And, and one last question. Um, what advice would you give based on your experience to organizations, um, to, to help create environments where people can bring more of their full self to work? Yeah, I think uh, just education and just keeping it top of mind that um, like we know you're spending, you're choosing to spend the majority of your day at this place and we want you to be, uh, feel included, feel like you can be happy here, that you can be productive and that you have the freedom to, freedom in your role, but also like freedom in bringing yourself to work every day. Uh, so just making it a topic that's not, um, you know, annually we talk about wellness and we talk about uh, individuality. It's like a constant conversation in the workplace. Cool, cool. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I think that that kind of covers it. I think I would close with um, advising five years ago, Shannon, to just be a bit more open and transparent um, and not so worried about the social aspect when the work aspect is ultimately going to kill that friendship. So, well, I love that. I think it's a great way to wrap up. Well, thank you, Shannon. This was super fun. It was such a great conversation. Yeah, loved it. Thanks for having me. So listen, the reason that we're having these no BS conversations, it's not to vent and just have fun with it. We want to learn stuff too. We want to learn real things that can help make better experiences both for the employee and for the organization. So what can we learn from Shannon's podcast? Well, we can learn that first of all, sometimes people might not even realize that they're behaving completely differently outside of work than inside of work. And so if you have a friend where this is the case, 
you have to summon a little bit of courage and a little bit of vulnerability and tell them what's going on. Or at least do a check-in and say, is there something going on? How can I help you? Imagine what you would want them to do for you if you were in the same position. Sometimes it really is that simple of just giving the person the gift that you wish that they would give to you. Next up, I think that we can learn for organizations that employee wellness matters. Listen, when your employees are in a constant state of stress and burnout and all this stuff, they do not have the emotional mental resources to dedicate to doing more creative work, more innovative work, considering diverse sets of ideas. It just all your numbers go down when people are under stress. And there are so many different ways that you can infuse employee wellness into your organization. You have to do it in a way that's going to work for your team and work for their workflow, but you absolutely should make a proactive effort to do it. And it's not just about people feeling good. It's about helping them to build better working relationships and do better work at the end of the day. And all of that is going to show up in your bottom line. Then we also hit on the issue of how you dress. And are you more inclined to bring more of your full authentic self to work if you don't feel like you have to dress up in a professional uniform that you're just not comfortable in? Let's be honest, I'm not talking about wearing, you know, ratty old sweatpants to the office, but the more comfortable people are just in their physical sense, the more comfortable they're going to be in letting their guard down. And I think it is absolutely a topic that maybe is worth consideration to explore if we bring a more a casual dress code into the office, will that actually enhance the working relationships that our team members have? I don't know of any evidence or any studies right this second that have been done in this area, but I think it would be a really cool thing to look into. And if you know of studies that have been done, I would absolutely love to see them. Lastly, I loved the way that Shannon ended the podcast. She asked, you know, you have to spend this time at work. You have to spend 40 hours a week there. Would you prefer to do work work or would you rather do fun work? You know, the work environment and the relationships we have with our colleagues, they become so much better when we're able to bring our authentic selves. And it is scary as hell to let your guard down, bring down those walls, and show who you are to a group of people that you may or may not trust all that much. But I promise you, this has been my experience. I think it's Shannon's experience too, that when you take that leap and do it, the return you get as an individual of being able to show up at work and not have to put on this pretense, it's so incredibly valuable. And it can be an absolute game changer in your career. Now, if you want to join in on the conversation and tell me about some of the BS you've experienced at work, head over to nobsatwork.com. You'll fill out a short form just telling me how to get in touch with you and a quick word about what you want to talk about, don't worry. You do not have to reveal your identity to come on the podcast. If you want to, that's perfectly fine. But you are also welcome to come on anonymously because I care far more about the experience than revealing who you are and the specific organization that you work for. So head over to nobsatwork.com. You'll also be able to find past episodes of the show. Now, if you enjoyed this conversation, I think you'll love my book. It's called Zen Your Work, and it's all about how to infuse mindfulness techniques into your work experience so you can reduce your stress, be more creative, be more productive, build better working relationships, and create a more fulfilling work experience. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me at zenworkplace.com. Of course, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, and you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Carlin B. 
Until next time, I sincerely hope you don't have too much BS at work, but if you do, we'll try to focus our energy in a more positive direction. Reach out to me, we'll have a chat, and we'll figure out what we can learn from it to do it better.